Hopkins, and this is episode number 101, and I am your host, Amir Garcimo. Thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast episode today, as I appreciate you again. I always like to start each podcast episode with appreciation and gratitude, so I am appreciative that you're taking the time to listen to this podcast episode, and I know eventually, hopefully, this podcast episode is of value to you, so Let's just jump right into the podcast episode. So today's podcast episode is titled, basically what I want to talk about is why land investment is imperative to building wealth in the black community, especially. And the reason I'm gearing it towards this is, again, I think you listened to the last episode, episode 100, where I shared 10 business Jewish secrets. Uh, and how we can implement this in our black community, within our community. And one thing, the gentleman that I, content that I use on the podcast, which is Daryl, which is a, he's a Jewish, he has a YouTube channel, and he shared 10 Jewish secrets. And one of them was real estate. One of their commandments was real estate. Now, when you think of real estate, in the grand spectrum of things. You're thinking housing, you're thinking maybe commercial, residential, maybe office, that type of stuff, et cetera, right? But not a lot of people think about land. Land, you, you, when you own land, there's so much you can do when you own land. Because I'm gonna share three reasons why it's imperative to own land and for us to use that to our advantage. Now, before I get into this podcast real quick, this podcast is brought to you by Amirson Financial. Amirson Financial is a financial service company that's here to eradicate financial illiteracy. Okay, that's our main objective, our main goal is to do that. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, rate and review the podcast. I don't mind any type of review, whether it's good or bad. It's only going to make me better, okay? So let's just jump into the concept. So back in the early 1900s, I'll probably say maybe around 19, I mean, I have the dates 100% correctly, but there was a gentleman by the name, he was by the name of Ottawa W. Gurley. So if anybody is aware of Black Wall Street. So basically what this was, was this was this gentleman here, Ottawa, Ottawa W. Gurley. He was one of the wealthiest black Americans at the time, with during this time in the early 1900s, right? So we're talking probably 19, early 1900s. This is probably maybe after World War One. So down in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, what he did was he bought 40 acres of track of land. And so within that, what he did was he ended up uh, he ended up subdividing. So if you know what subdividing means in the land business, so to kind of give you a gist of it, so basically what you do is when you buy land, so if you're someone who bought land, bought a 10-acre land, you can actually break that down to maybe two acres and sell them piece by piece. So what he did was he 
bought the land. He subdivided, he subdivided the land, so he broke it down piece by piece. And what he did was he zoned it for housing, retail, alleys, and streets, etc. He partnered with another part of person during this time. And what they did was they ended up, him and Ottawa, so Ottawa W. Gurley, again, then he partnered with another businessman, a black businessman by the name of John the Baptist Stratford, a.k.a. J.B. So at the time, because they had a, but that was the common theme that they had. So, and what they did was they partnered together. They bought, it was undeveloped land. They bought 40 acre tract. And what they did was they built grocery stores and stuff like that. So then they also started to subdivide the land and they saw they were selling some of the land off to other former enslaved black Americans. So now this, this, so what they did, and then all suddenly you had people coming in, building grocery stores, building businesses, hair salons, barber shops. And it was, this is where the Black Wall Street was being built. Now, in 1921, there was a, a young gentleman. He was, he went in the air, he was in the elevator with a, another white woman. And as they were, as he left the elevator, the white lady ended up screaming that she was raped or sexually assaulted, which come to find out that was not even true. So a group of white supremacists came and they started to attack the town overnight. So this happened in 1921 and they burning down businesses. So the group that was there, the former enslaved African-Americans, obviously they didn't have the resources, they didn't have the tools, etc., to fight back. So they ended up, these white supremacists and also the police at the time joined together and the local Oklahoma government joined together. They sent a National Guard there. Basically, the National Guard was supposed to restore order, but in reality, it was participating in lynching, burning down businesses. So, to the whole point, the whole Black Wall Street was destroyed. Now, it ended up down the road, these former enslaved African Americans, they actually came together and tried to rebuild it. But obviously, when they filed insurance claims, they were denied because obviously, you already know, due to racism, etc. So the reason I bring this up is a point of what I'm trying to say. So you had one person bought 40 acres of land and then took that land and actually sold it off to other African-Americans and then they actually built, that's how the whole Black Wall Street was built, okay? Now, how do we use this in today's culture, right? So you, you have to own land. Because you see what they did was they bought the land and they built their own businesses on the land. We in our, our community. And when I speak to community, I'm talking about not just black people, but primarily, you know, we have different communities, Asians, Jews, 
Hispanics. For some reason, a lot of these other communities have surpassed us when it comes to us creating our own wealth. What we do is we rely on what the government does for us. I can remember years ago during COVID when they were passing out all that money. And I don't know how many people actually, you know, even today, I was talking to my sister, and not to get off topic, but my sister, she owns a senior home. And what happens is, is that it's hard for her to hire people because the talent pool, it's either they're not there or they don't want to work, et cetera. So all that did was when, also when the pandemic happened and people were losing their jobs, et cetera, so then Trump had, I can't remember the name, the name of it, but anyways, that's, that's not the point. But Trump, you know, passed that money out to people, so it gave us like 600 bucks, and then after that, then they, then Biden came in and gave a little bit more money. But where is that money now? I guarantee you that money is gone. So what happened is the government, we already know the government don't do anything without basically scratch your back, I scratch my back type of thing. Scratch your back, I'll scratch however you say, right? So now what they did was they raised prices. Inflation goes up. So guess what? That money is coming right back to them anyways. Um, I've even heard, I've not heard, but I've been seeing stuff on social media and people complaining about getting reparations. Folks, we should not need that. We don't need reparations because all that is, that's going to come with a price. And even when it does come, it's not circulated back into the black community. It's actually going to other communities. Not to their fault, but again, that's on to us. When you are giving money to people who don't understand how money works, they're going to continue making the same mistakes that they're constantly making. And for us, the number one thing I realized, what we have to do is we got to start buying some land. If I was to ask the question, how many of you think McDonald's is actually a restaurant? McDonald's is a restaurant, but they're not in that. They're in the real estate business. And you know how they do that? Because if you notice a lot of these McDonald's that are getting built, what are getting built? They're buying lands. They're finding areas. For example, that are close to highways and all that, they're buying up the land. So if I see McDonald's is doing that, why not copy what they're doing? Why should I complain about reparations or whatever that's owed to me? No, it's not. That happened years ago. You got to correct things happening now. And what's happening now is we need to own land. Because if we're going to build these communities, we're going to stop gentrification. So could you imagine, let's say, I'm just giving an example here, you own some land and a, McDon a McDonald's come to you to find out that you own the land. That's reason number one why you should own it. Because not only that, you can actually get, you can actually get passive income off of that. So if McDonald's comes and they find out you, Amir, own this land, they're going to come to you and try to buy it off. Now, you can set it up to where, depending real estate, you can be very creative in real estate. You can say, hey, here's this one lump payment, pay me for the land, and we're good, right? Or you can be smart like the government does. What the government do is you who build, let's say you have a residential home. Once you go buy a home, you buy a home, it's still on land. It's on the government's land. So 
even if you pay the home off, you still got to pay property taxes. That's how the government stays making money. So if I see that's what they're doing, follow the money. See the examples. McDonald's is going around opening up new McDonald's. McDonald's, even though they sell burgers and fries, but ultimately they are in the real estate business and they are in the land business. You don't think McDonald's have some of these people out here surveying and looking out for deals to find the best place that they can build another McDonald's and they can sell that franchise or they can hand that franchise off to someone else, right? So if that's what's happening, why are we looking for handouts and reparation when reality we have it right here? So I'm gonna share with you three reasons why I think, number one reason why passive income. It is, it is imperative. If you own some land, again, I'm using that example, McDonald's, Walmart, come in and they want to buy that, they want to build on that property and you own that property, you can actually buy off, sell, say, okay, hey, I'll sell it off, give me one some money, write me a check, and I'm okay. Or you can say, you know what, since I own this land, you want to build on this land, I'm going to do, I'm not going to take a lump sum payment. I'm okay with passive income. So every year, companies like Walmart, whoever's building, whoever's on your property, they're on there. Guess what? You can charge, you can get some passive income from that. And then guess what you can do? You can use that to pass it down to future generations, and then you can build generational wealth. Okay? So that's reason number one. Reason number two, when you own land, you can do whatever you want. So if I own 40 acres of tracks today, I can say, you know what, I want, I can hire a development company and I can have them come in, build me, if I want a restaurant, build me a restaurant. If I want a shopping center, build me a shopping center. I can do whatever I want with that land because that's basically what, think about it, these other companies are doing. Buying up land and then they're building more residential homes, buying up land. You're building commercial stuff, whether it's self-storage, whether it's apartments, whether it's office. You can do whatever you want with that land you own because you own it. Now, do you pay taxes? Yes. Compared to residential, land is nowhere near as expensive when it comes to taxes than residential. Okay? So that's reason number one. Reason number two. I mean, that's reason number one. Reason number two, passive income. Reason number one, you can do whatever you want with it. And then, reason number three, right? Reason number three, people don't think of wealth. When they think of wealth, right, they don't think of land because they say land is boring. It just sits there. What am I going to do with it, etc. But when you own land, you can actually build a business off of it. So think about it. it's not just, okay, I own the land, and let's say, as I mentioned earlier, I want to build a grocery, okay? You can build a grocery store on your land, then guess what you can do? You can hire, if you want to keep the money circulating in the community, you can hire people that looks like you, people you feel comfortable with. You can go and hire, you can go and hire blacks to work in your company. If you want to build, you want to build residential, you can have only probably only blacks live there. So it, it doesn't matter whatever you want. But ultimately, the reason why it's less 
there's not as much maintenance when it comes to land compared to residential. Houses, guess what they're building houses on land. And then guess what you're going to do? So when someone comes in who owns that land, so let's say you come in, you own a home, guess what you got to do? You got to pay property taxes to the government. So if you have five people that owns a home in that area, and each person, let's say, property taxes is $5,000. That's $25,000 the government's making right there. Imagine if that was you, you were making $25,000. People paying you every single year on property taxes because you own that piece of land. There's a statistic saying, I think there is, I may be wrong, but I think there's over three billion or million, one or the other, land. We can't, we can't make any more land, but we can continue building homes, etc. But we can't make any more land. We can find land and we can use that land, ownership of land, to build empires. And that's how it starts, folks. If you think wealth starts with well, owning stocks, owning a 401k, owning businesses, that's 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 not the beginning. The beginning is owning some land. When you own land, you are on your way to wealth. You are on your way to financial freedom. You are on your way to financial independence. And you yourself if you own some land, could be a pillar in your community. That's how it happens. Churches do it all the time. I just see actually a church do it most recently. They just bought some land, now they're building a church there. Kroger, Kroger, not too far from where I stay, and they, they just bought some land. Guess what they're doing? Now they're building a Kroger there. We cannot sit here and keep complaining about handouts. We cannot sit here and complain complaining about stuff that probably is never going to be given to us. You have to go out there and take it and own it. And it starts with being financially educated. And honestly, this, this message could be used for anyone. But the reason I'm talking to my the black community is because number one, I am a black man. But number two is the fact that we are behind we are not thinking outside the box. We are not doing that. So what we're doing is we're saying we're complaining about things not given to us, but we're not thinking that, hey, I need to start owning some businesses. I've given reasons in past episodes. You can go check out and tell why land is a good investment, why you should start a land, why you should look, even if you don't start a business in land, own something own some land and you can use that and you can pass that down to generations and generations and you we don't know what generation will benefit from it i don't know if i will i don't know if the generation behind me will i don't know if the generation behind me behind me will this third generation will but what i do know is you own some land you are on your way to wealth you gotta own some land folks so the three reasons, again, I'm going to recap. Three reasons you can do whatever you want when you own land. As long as it's zoned, they have to go to, there's a little bit more to it. And it's not just, honestly, let me be real with you, it's not just 
while on the land, I could just do whatever. No, there's zoning laws and all that. So there's still things you have to, hurdles you have to jump, but it's your land. Number two, passive income. It may not be this generation, but the next generation can benefit from that. You can use, you can you don't know who's gonna come and build on your land. Cause whoever comes build on your land, you can actually use that and negotiate and say, okay, let me get some passive income out of this, all right? And number three is less maintenance. You don't have to, it's not like residential where you own a home and then all suddenly and something breaks down, it's all on you, or you gotta call a contractor, this, this. There's less headache when it comes to land. And number, and, and I would say it's a boring. And when I say it's boring, it's because not too many people are doing it because people just say, they don't think, they don't think outside the box and realize that Man, if I'm gonna if I wanna do something in my community, I gotta start owning some land. Because that's where it's gonna start. Because once you own the land, then you can go and say, okay, you know what, I have an idea. I wanna build a residential, I, I wanna build a grocery store. And when I build this grocery store, I wanna just employ nothing but black people. That's what you wanna do. I wanna build a little community, and that's what this gentleman did. Iowa G. Gurley did. He bought 40 acres. He subdivided the land. He got he got the, the zonings for it. And then he went on and started building a black Wall Street. That's how it happened. It didn't happen. No one in their right mind, if you really think about it, it didn't ever happen that way. He had to start somewhere. And he had started with owning land. That's how Black Wall Street was built. Was owning some land. So if you don't think, if you want to go into residential, go ahead, be my guest. But I guarantee you, those residential are built on land that people own. So hopefully this message resonates with you. I really do appreciate you taking the time. And hopefully I'm not, this podcast episode, I didn't drop this podcast episode to offend anyone. I just want you guys to start thinking, especially us as black people, us as African-Americans, us as Africans, us as Haitians, uh, anybody from the African diaspora can think outside the box and realize that it has to start somewhere. And for the start is we need to own some land. Okay. Anyways, till next time, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Much love. Appreciate y'all. See you next time.